Dead in the grave, I was covered in sin and shame. I heard mercy call my name. He rode a star Good morning. We still have some folks coming in on this beautiful Sunday morning in May. And let me just say, first of all, happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers and a reminder to all of the, the children. Um, take opportunity some point during the day to express gratitude um, to the Lord and to your mother um, for all that they do for us. And um, we are glad that you are here. We know have some people visiting with family. It's a pleasure to have you join us for worship this morning. And we uh, just our hope and our prayer that you enjoy the, the service as we meet together. Um, we worship through, through song, through reading um, God's word, and through um, listening to God's word taught. So with that, I just say welcome. If you are our visitor here, we have a little card that we call a connect card. It's a great way for us to connect with you or you to connect with us. It gives you the ability to share information. So if you want to find out more about the church, you can ask a question, just write it on this card, put it in the offering plate. If you 
want to share, um, update your contact information, phone number, etc., you can put that on there. Or if you have a prayer request, something we can be praying with you about, you can just list that on the back of the card. And just please mark, if it's all right with us, to share that via email or whether or not you'd like us to keep that private. And we'll do our best to honor um, your wishes in that. Let me just highlight a few things this morning before we read from Proverbs chapter 31. First of all, just want to um, highlight this coming next coming week on the 14th of May. That is the day, uh, the 14th of every month that we set apart as a church to, to pray both for revival and spiritual awakening in our community um, and in our country. And so on that day, just um, whether it's noon or sometime earlier in the day, just set apart some few, a few minutes and commune with the Lord and ask Him to, to do what only He can do, and that's to bring repentance and revival to our, our city to our state, and to our, our country. also want to invite you to be a part of our Wednesday Bible study. We meet at 11 o'clock. It's open to all ages. Um, it's open to, to men and women. Uh, we sing from the hymn book. We study God's Word together. We pray and we enjoy a meal. And starting this week, that, that meal is available to you for the, the low cost of $2.50 or whatever you're able to pay. Um, no one will be turned away um, hungry. And so we hope you'll be able to be a part of that. Let me just highlight a couple other things. Um, we were able, after we had a wonderful dessert auction, to exceed our goal of $5,000 to contribute toward the completion of the conference center at Latham Springs, our Baptist, Baptist encampment. And so we, we give glory to God for that. We raised $5,160.55. So we're thankful for that. But also, we still need $855 to reach our $3,500 goal for our Annie Armstrong Easter offering. And just remember that that goes for mission work um, here in North America. And, and all of it, all that money goes toward starting churches and telling people about Jesus here on our continent. So if you would like to give to that or still haven't, there's still opportunity. Let me just share with you a minute. Um, the next two Sundays, the 15th and the 22nd, um, I won't be here, but we will have some special guests next Sunday morning. Um, we have the privilege of, of Josh Pinkston being with us. Josh is the community engagement pastor at First Baptist Burleson. Um, what that means is he um, is the director of the food portion of Promises. And so he is a busy man. Um, he's also been married for 18 years to his wife, Melissa, and they have four children. And so um, I know you'll want to begin to pray for um, for Josh as he comes next week. Um, he'll be speaking from Ezekiel, and um, I look forward to hearing um, him as he shares God's Word. And that's on the 15th. And then the following Sunday, on the 22nd, um, Gabe Hydeman will be here. Gabe is a pastor in residence at First Baptist Bertelson. He's currently a student at um, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he comes from what he says is a family of pastors. So I think his father and his grandfather were both a pastor. And so just uh, be in prayer for Josh and Gabe as they come and share with us the next couple of weeks. And I'm thankful for the provision the Lord has, and we look forward to seeing how God will, will use those two men. I want us to read this morning from Proverbs chapter 31. We'll start in verse 10, and we'll read through the end of the chapter. The end of this book of wisdom King Lemuel shares words from his mother, words of wisdom. Actually, it says an oracle or a prophecy that his mother taught him. 
And he gives qualities of what he describes as an excellent wife. An excellent wife or a virtuous woman who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hand to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. When he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the how well to the ways of her household, and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Will you join me as we pray? Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning thanking you for the the privilege to gather in your name. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you for your great love. And we thank you that because of your sacrifice on the cross, for your rising from the dead and that you've ascended back to the Father in heaven, that we serve a risen, resurrected Savior who rules and reigns over all things. And help us this morning as we gather together to lift up your name high in the songs that we sing, that our thoughts and our hearts would be turned to the beauty and the wonder of you, Lord Jesus, who you are. And you would help us in these moments and in these days ahead to find you to be more beautiful and more attractive than anything in this world. Lord, help us to see that there is nothing that compares to you. Lord, we ask you to speak to our hearts as we sing, as we pray, as we listen. Lord, that you would help us to see who you are and how you want to work in our lives. Father, we pray for the people today that are struggling with with sorrow, grief, sadness, disappointment, depression, that they lack hope. And for this time, this day, this Mother's Day, it's it's a challenge. It's not a day of celebration. It's a day of, of difficulty. And we thank you that you are a God of comfort. You're a God of understanding. God, you're a God that looks out over all creation and you value each and every person. And so we thank you for the assurance and the comfort that you provide, for the healing that you work in hearts. And Lord, we pray that you would bring a mighty work of your spirit in our city 
in our, our state and in our country, where the hearts of both men and women would be turned toward you, that we would see just a, a turnover in, in society that couldn't be explained by anything but God being at work. And Lord, we thank you that you work here and that you want to work here this morning. Lord, we thank you that we can give gifts to you. We thank you that through the, the tithes that we bring and the offerings we bring, we show appreciation for what you have given to us. And we ask that you would take what we give, that you would use it for your work in this place and around the world for your glory. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I do this song, I need to tell you a little bit about it because you won't understand some of the verses. To begin with, this is not a song, it's a ballad, which means I wrote it way too long. Number two, this is in honor of my mother. Uh, she died of a stroke many years ago, and I'm sure some of you have been through that. We, as a family, stayed at the hospital for three or four days and nights and just couldn't stay any longer. We knew that she was uh, soon to be with Jesus, but we just wasn't there. They talked us into going home, and we went home that night. And sometime during the night, I got a phone call from the nurse. <coughs> Excuse me. And her exact words were, Mr. Beck, I'm sorry to tell you, but your mother has just ceased to exist. And I said, no, baby, she just started to exist. And this is what that's, this song uh, kind of relates to. So bear with me. I'm new on the six-string thing. But I've got a great praise band to cover my mistakes. I'm ready.
Well, she walked with Jesus when she was a girl. Now she lay dying, ready to leave this old world. Before she died, she told me death stood by her bed. And she reached for his hand and gently raised her head and she said, Jesus, I'm ready. Oh, her face was a glow. And then she left this old world. stood there crying I could not resist I want to thank you God my mother just began to Please stand and sing with us.
within our midst is it good that we remind ourselves of this Father truly love us? Does the Spirit move among us? And does Jesus, our Messiah, hold forever those He loves? Does our God intend to dwell again with us? Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave. From every people and tribe, every nation and tongue, he has made us a kingdom and priest to God to reign with the Son. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy?
Today it will be when angelic hosts cry out, is there anyone worthy? And that question is answered by the one who is ultimately worthy of all things. And when you, when you hear those words and you sing those songs, you soon find out you know, coming to church is about a whole lot more than just singing some songs and seeing some people that you like. That we have a king who rules and who reigns and who's worthy of our praise. And if we're not living our lives for him with all that we do and all that we have, then we're falling so far short of what he has for us. We're missing out. He wants us to experience the, the depth of his love and the excitement, excited nature of his presence on a daily basis. And as we sing songs and we open up God's word, that's my hope. And and this morning, it's Mother's Day, and, and many, much ink is spilled in cards, color, and black and white for, for mothers, and, and mothers are important, and mothers are valuable, and mothers are to be praised. But I hope that by the time we finish this morning, that you'll see that what makes a woman beautiful and what makes a man impressive is not the clothes they wear, the things that they do, but it's the character of their heart and their nature. It's the fact that they have the personal presence of Jesus in their lives. And so we remember and we celebrate the priceless contribution of moms, grandmothers, aunts. We take time to thank God for what a gift it is to have a mom. But if you turn to God's Word this morning, we're going to look at the last part of Proverbs chapter 31, and it's a poem. Now, I don't know about y'all, but in elementary school, around Mother's Day time, we would make a poem, and we would get construction paper, and we would glue a white piece of paper, typing paper, to that, and we would write down the left side of the page, M-O-T-H-E-R, and then we would get as creative as we could to come up with something that started with M makes food or something like that, you know, and, and then, oh, even more challenging, um, you know, all the way down, T-H-E-R. And I tell you that because this section, this poem, from verse 10 through verse 31, is an acrostic. Every letter of the Hebrew alphabet is represented, and it's a description of what different translations call the, the virtuous woman or, you know, the woman of noble character. And I want us to look at why is she virtuous? What's the, the secret to her, her beauty? 
you watch any sort of television, you'll find all the beauty secrets you need that are available to you for just three easy payments of some amount that ends with 95. Um, but here, we're going to talk about something that you can't buy. It's available to everyone, and it's, it's everlasting. And I hope that when we're finished that you begin to understand that true, bo- true beauty forms in a heart that's connected to Jesus and shines brightly for everyone to see. Now, we've read the balance of these verses. I want us just to reread verses 29, 30, and 31 before we pray. And then we're going to look at just two points and then four examples that will help us to see this, the nature of true beauty and how it is present in life. In verse 29, the verse says, Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her work praise her in the gates. Father, we ask that in these minutes you would help us to understand these verses, not only what it means to have true beauty, but what it means to be connected to an even more beautiful Savior, the Lord Jesus. Teach us, help us, help us to honor you in what we do and what we say, and we trust you to teach us through your word and by your spirit for your glory, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's two points and four examples. And the first point with two blanks is just this. Keep appearance in proper perspective. That's the the idea of this verse. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. It's a call to to keep physical appearance in the proper perspective. It's this description that we have, all these verses, starting in verse 10, of a woman that is considered to be noble or excellent or virtuous, depending on which Bible translation you're, you're looking at. It's interesting, though, that the word there in Hebrew actually means woman of valor. Doesn't that sound even more powerful and strong? Woman of valor. It's a beautiful, wonderful description of a woman who fears the Lord. Now, when you hear that word valor, it just should just help or bring into you just thoughts of of courage, of boldness, and of faith. And so this woman of valor is painted in beautiful pictures of the things that she is able to do because of God's help in her life. Now I think it's also interesting to understand that not only is that a woman of valor, but this book of Proverbs and this last section, this is addressed to to men and to young men. So the audience here is, is not ladies. So it, it's not a, a checklist that, you know, mom gives to the daughter and says, here, be like this and you will be a godly woman. No, it, it's a portrait. It's a picture written to young men that would describe the, the beautiful qualities of, of godliness, of faith. In fact, it was so important that it was memorized by, by males. And on the Friday evening of Sabbath, it's repeated from memory before the woman of the house lights the candles to begin the Sabbath, to give praise to God for the gift of women, to affirm the women of the house. And these characteristics, all that you read, are are fruit of the relationship that she has with her God. And you read through these things, and and you see what she was able to do, and you realize 
This is simply the truth. God provided her with the ability to need to do what she needed to do in her home. So that means, ladies, you don't have to go out and get you some fine purple cloth and start making your clothes so you can be a godly woman. It's also not a checklist of how to be a, a good wife. But it's a picture of true beauty. This is what a woman of valor looks like. These qualities of, of faithfulness in marriage, loving their family, serving and being kind, using what God provides with, with wisdom, working hard and taking care of the house. But beyond that, being resourceful, creative, and consistent. All because they are dependent on God. Because the reason all of those qualities are true are not because this woman is like superwoman. It's because she is connected to her, her Lord and she loves her Lord. And so at the end of this list of wonderful qualities, we have this sentence, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. And it, like a warning sign, starts to flash. Instructing young men and us today to be careful about judging others by outward appearances we, we know that's true when you think about the story of the selection of david to be king you know man looks at what's on the outside but god looks at what the the heart you may have heard or maybe not you know the phrase don't judge a book by its cover well here the instruction is don't judge a person solely by what you see on the outside because what is on the outside may not be the true picture and so we see charm is deceitful, beauty is vain. Another way to think about that is charm is deceptive. Now, charm in itself is not a bad thing. It's, it's being graceful. It's, it's having favor. It's speaking pleasant words. It's having refined actions or qualities. And when used in the right situation, those words and those manners are a beautiful thing. You know, it, it shows being shows in hospitality and being polite. But the thought here is when they become deceptive or deceitful is when they use those traits to manipulate. For something to be deceitful, it means that it, it's not true. It's, it's false. It's, it's a lie. And sometimes people use words that sound great and they make people feel good. But underneath, the attitude of their heart is totally different. There may be a motive to, to manipulate or to influence. And it simply just says that sometimes people present themselves in a way that's not really who they are. Think of it this way. Actors and actresses can be very different than the parts they play. Which means when you watch a movie, the bad guy in the movie may not really be that bad. He might be a good guy in real life. And also the good girl in the movie may not be so good after all in real life it's a reminder to think about in life there there are charming people there are people that have personality and the majority of those folks are are nice and have good motives but there are cases where people use charm to manipulate for their motives and so to that the king lemuel says charm is deceptive 
but he also reminds us that physical beauty does not last. Beauty is vain. I think it's interesting that in all of this description of this wife of noble character, this woman of valor, this is the only reference to physical appearance in the entire poem. And it comes as a caution. We're, as humans, we are just ingrained. We're made to appreciate beauty, physical beauty in nature and in in mankind. But we know that God's focus is what's on the inside, the inner qualities of the heart. And because of that, he reminds us that beauty is vain. That word just means a vapor or a breath. Just tells us that something that doesn't last very long. Here, one minute, gone the next. If you're boiling some water on the stove to make some, some rice or cook a vegetable, and that steam begins to rise, you, you see it for a second, but soon it disperses in the air and it's gone. And in the same way, King Lemuel's mother taught her son to see that beauty doesn't last and that charm can be deceptive. Because she wants us to understand. God needs us to understand that there's something in life that's more important than physical beauty and gains more favor in the world than just being charming. And the main idea of this verse is the second point, that true beauty starts with the heart. It starts on the inside. Our character is built from the inside out based on the relationship we have with Jesus. And it's that true beauty on the inside that creates beauty on the outside. Another way to think about that is if you get your heart right, then the rest of the body will follow along. And this beauty is pictured as something that does not fade over time. In fact, it should, as we grow in a relationship with Jesus, become more and more beautiful. And it comes from an eternal source. And so it's always going to be there. And the verse says, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so this true beauty comes from a woman who fears the Lord. Now, sometimes our mind, when we hear that word fear, immediately goes to running away from something that that scares us. Oh, no, we need to run. There's there's a snake. There's a, a bear. There's a monster under my bed. I need to go wake up mom or dad. Usually mom, because dad will tell you to go wake up mom. Just truth, truth. But what does it mean to fear the Lord? It means, beginning, that she knows who God is. She knows His character and His nature. She has a respect for His holiness and His awesomeness. So she knows who God is, she respects who God is, and then she receives His love that He offers and then responds to God with faith and obedience. So to fear, the, fear God is, is to, to know who God is, to have respect for that, and then to be in relationship with Him by responding with our faith. So for us in 2022, to fear God, to fear the Lord, is to be connected to Him by faith 
in Jesus that results in our obedience and our love. And so if we say, you know, this is a God-fearing man or a God-fearing woman, in today's society, after the resurrection, after the coming of Jesus, it means somebody that has faith in Jesus. And it's only that connection between Jesus and a heart that creates true beauty. It's through that connection. That woman who fears the Lord is somebody who follows after Jesus. That trusts her life into his hands and rests in his grace. That has a heart that belongs to to Jesus. And then what happens is inner beauty blossoms in her life from the inside out. And two things are produced. First, there's a beauty that never fades. I love how Peter, the apostle, describes this. In fact, I think his mom and his wife would have been proud of him or at least patted him on the back because even though he had the Holy Spirit's help, he he wrote these words. 1 Peter 3, verse 4, Let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight, is very precious. The hidden person of the heart with imperishable beauty. Wow. Concerning this verse, Matthew Henry, who lived in the 15, 1600s, said this, beauty will last forever this beauty will last forever and bid defiance to death itself, which consumes the beauty of the body but consummates the beauty of the soul. So what is Peter saying? What is Proverbs telling us that the beauty that comes from being connected to Christ is a true beauty that just gets better and better and better and then one day when you are united with Jesus forever, it blossoms in full bloom that you were everything you were created to be without the hindrances of this physical body and our our flesh and so it's a beauty that never fades but it's also there's a second thing is there's a character that points to christ you see when you look back over all of these qualities and you, that are listed in, in proverbs 31 you know thinking that it's not a checklist but it's it's descriptive qualities, you find that she is enabled to do all of these things because she has a personal relationship with her God through Jesus. And over time, the Holy Spirit works in hearts to make them more like Jesus. And that beauty of Jesus that surpasses anything we could even begin to imagine starts to form in our, our lives. So as you become more beautiful as a woman or you become more beautiful in your character as a man, it's the beauty of Jesus shining out through you more and more. So this picture, this woman of valor, of virtue in Proverbs 31 has true beauty because she looks like Jesus. Others see Jesus in her life when they look at what she does and how she acts, they See Jesus, it all points back to Jesus. 
Because everything that she does in her life depends on that work that only God can do. And that beauty may start in the heart, but it doesn't stay there. I said earlier, it shows on the outside to the point that a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I said earlier that Jewish men memorized this and recited on the Sabbath. And that shows respect and honor and appreciation for the women in their life. It gives them opportunity to put into real life practice the the verse that says her children rise up and call her blessed and her husband praises her. But I want us to think about again what I said earlier and I mentioned that this woman to be honored is considered to be a woman of valor. What, what does it mean that she has valor? Well, she fears the Lord and she's worthy of recognition. Now we can read the chronicles of David's mighty men of valor. You read about their their bravery, their strength, the tales of all of the great things they've done. And it's exciting reading for, for a young man, even a grown man. But you may not focus so much attention on the fact that the Bible is filled with mighty women of valor that do great things and have done great things for the glory of their Lord. And in the time we have left, I want us to look at a few of those examples. How God changed their life and used them for His glory. Now, I had to be discerning in this, hoping to to choose those ladies that would represent characters that we could relate to. And at that means I had to leave out some of the really cool ladies. Um, Samara was a little disappointed that I wasn't able to include um, Deborah and JL um, in, in Judges, um, you know, mighty women of, of valor. But I want us to look just briefly at some sketches of some godly women who are true examples of, of beauty. In the second chapter of Joshua, when the spies enter, the, when the spies are going into Jericho, we're introduced to a character named Rahab. The Bible describes her as a a prostitute. And from Rahab, we can see that true beauty shines brightly in dark places. And this prostitute, Rahab, Rahab, hid the two Israelite spies in a very wicked city called Jericho. Powerful city, a city that had to be destroyed before God's people could go in and take the land. And during that time, she recognized or had recognized who God was, his power, and the fact that he was with the people of Israel. In fact, her testimony is this, the Lord your God, he is God of the heavens above and on the earth. And and she makes a request of these two spies, deal kindly with me and save me and my family. So she recognizes who God is, she cries out for mercy, and because she was obedient, she put the scarlet cord in her window. She was saved. Her family was saved. And as we read a little further on in the story, you find out she's welcomed into God's family. In fact, she she marries um, Salmon. And she has a son named Boaz, who later marries our next young lady, Ruth. She's in the line of the birth of Jesus. A reminder that God shines his light brightest in dark places, that God 
can find for you treasures in your darkness. He brought Rahab from dark to light. And in the New Testament, we see Rahab recognized, first of all, for her faith in Hebrews 11 and her good works in James chapter 2. And so we can consider Rahab, a woman of valor. But also we could turn to, to Ruth, who has her own book written about her, to see that God brings beauty from the ashes. Ruth is described as a Moabite widow. She travels with her mother-in-law, who is an Israelite, who also happens to be a widow, whose name is Naomi, to the town of Bethlehem. And we see that this woman has no husband, no children, and really not much reason for hope. And early on in this very short book, she confesses her faith in God, telling her mother-in-law, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And in this land of grain and wheat, in Bethlehem, the house of bread, we find her hungry and without a husband. And she goes out into the field to gather grain and look for the Lord's favor. It's a beautiful love story. She meets Boaz, the handsome hero of the story who just happens to be a relative, a kinsman, redeemer. redeemer. We find out in the story that Ruth finds favor with Boaz. Boaz agrees to redeem her. But interesting, if you look at the story, before they're married, even though she has no husband and has no children, Boaz speaks of her character and calls her a woman of valor. Look at it. You'll find it in there. The whole city knows that she's a, a woman of valor. Well, Boaz marries Ruth, and they have a son, and that son is named Obed. Obed just happens to be the father of Jesse, who was the father of David, who became king. And so out of the ashes of grief, loneliness, and hunger, God raises up Ruth. And when you read her story, it's not only a beautiful story of love, you see her true beauty. But we don't have to just spend our time in the Old Testament. We can look in the New Testament as well. If you see in John chapter 4, we read about a woman of Samaria. Or if your translation has it, the woman at the well. And from her, we can learn that true beauty is possible even with an ugly past. She's from Sychar and she meets Jesus while she's coming to draw water from Jacob's well. And they enter into a conversation. You can read about it in detail. But it starts with Jesus saying, give me a drink. And the woman says, well, why do you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan, for a drink? They discuss water and religion and where to worship. And Jesus, at one point, offers her living water. The possibility that the ugliness of her past could be washed away. That she could be forgiven of her sins and be made clean and be given eternal life. Or as Jesus said, never be thirsty again. And here's what she says. Give me this water 
You know, if you know of another well that's got some water that's that good, you let me know. And then Jesus says, go and call your husband. And we find out in the story that she'd had five husbands and she was working on number six. And then the woman makes a profession, I know that Messiah is coming. And Jesus says, I'm, I'm him. I'm he. And she goes back and she tells her village. And the story tells us that many people believe, many Samaritans, because of her testimony. And this is her testimony. Come and see a man who told me all I ever did. Can he be the Christ? Now there's no doubt her past was ugly. She's broken. She was looking for love. But the truth we learn from her story is when you meet Jesus, the darkness and the ugliness of your sin and of your past are washed away. And you can gain a new, true beauty that outshines anything in your past. Don't give up hope. And then when we turn to Timothy, we find Eunice. She teaches us that true beauty passed True beauty can be passed down through the generation. Now we read in the Bible that she's the mother of Timothy, who was a fellow minister of Paul, the one he wrote first and second Timothy to. Her mother was named Lois, and she was a woman of faith as well. We know she's married to a Gentile while she's an Israelite, but other than that, we don't know much about him. Some people think he may have been already deceased. But we see in just a brief letter that she had a great influence on the faith of her son. Because Timothy is called the fanning of flames, the gift that was given to him. It's a reminder, an encouragement to us that genuine faith lived out in your home makes And many times, all throughout history, it's moms and grandmothers who lead the way. We have no John and Charles Wesley without the strong faith of their mother, Susanna. Augustine, one of the early church fathers, gives great credit to the faith of her, of his mother, that took the time to pass their faith along to their children. And to see that true beauty can run in a family. I can't think of a better compliment than for somebody who had been walking with the Lord to have someone comment about their daughter. You remind me so much of your mother, but in the aspects of faith, the way that you look at God's word, the way that you you pray, the way that you trust, you remind me so much of your mother. Now there's certainly other examples that we can find and I just invite you to dig in, investigate for yourself and see how many other wonderful pictures of true beauty that you can find. But as we return to what we thought about at the beginning, that true beauty forms in hearts connected to Jesus and shines brightly for all to see. I want us to see that while today is Mother's Day and we focus primarily on ladies, that the principle of this passage is true for everyone. God wants your every heart 
to belong to Jesus. Every part. And by His Spirit, the beauty of Jesus can form in your life, starting on the inside and showing on the outside. And so to, to the lady of all ages, God wants to give you the best beauty treatment of all time. His desire for you is to be women of valor in whatever you do. And you can serve your God with valor in the midst of affliction, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of hardship. It doesn't mean you are perfect. It doesn't mean times aren't tough. But it does mean that no matter what the circumstance, that what shines through most in your life is the beauty of your Savior. So trust your heart and your hurt to Jesus and allow the Spirit to do His work. And now just a brief word to men. God desires to work in in you as well. He doesn't leave us out. He wants to, to form his character in your inner man, to strengthen you in your inner man. And we are in great, desperate need of men of valor to to rise up in service in their homes, in their church, in, in our community. There's a drought in Texas that's worse than the drought of rain. It's the drought of men that are not stepping up and doing what God called them to do. And if that's you, let God speak. And let Him work. Don't harden your heart. Rise up, O men of God. The church for you does wait. But please remember this as we close. Just three things. True beauty takes trust in Jesus. That's where it all starts personal relationship with the resurrected Christ. Second thing, true beauty takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not going to just, whoop, you're zapped and everything is perfect. But remember this, true beauty lasts forever. I want to close with the lyrics to a song written by a songwriter and singer named Tim Hill that described the, the verse that we've just looked at, and then we'll pray. And she says, Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. A woman who fears the Lord. In a world where we see with our eyes, I pray for eyes that see the heart. Because flesh is unfaithful and is of no gain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And I know that when he sees me, It won't be beauty that he longs to hold. It will be the love that he finds inside my heart. Because charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. Flesh is unfaithful and is of no gain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Yes, a woman who fears, a woman who fears the Lord. O Lord, raise up men and women of valor for your glory, and for your kingdom. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you for how good you are to us and for the power of your spirit and the truth of your word. And as we've just spent a few minutes in these words, it's so easy to see that your 
word is indeed the sword of the Spirit. That it is able to cut to the very heart of the matter. But Lord, help us to see that the cuts that you make are wounds to heal. Are wounds to bring about cleansing and strengthening. Lord, you only ask us to get rid of things that are of no value to us or that are dangerous for us. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us in our hearts and in our minds as we focus on you and in your beauty to search ourselves and see, God, what is it that you would like us to get rid of? Where is the sword wanting to cut and to cleanse in our lives? We long for true beauty, beauty that comes from being connected to Jesus. And we're asking you to speak in our hearts and our minds. And Lord, anything that would keep us from experiencing all that you are, Lord, help us to lay it down, get rid of it. Throw it away. Tear it up. To surrender our hearts to you. We thank you for the example of scripture of faithful men and women. We thank you for the women that we've known in our lives that walked faithfully with you. And men that trust you as well. And we ask for you, Lord, to help us to be the mighty men and women of faith that you've called us to be. For the sake of this generation and for the glory of your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're good. And we love you. And we pray in your name. Amen. We'll sing in just a moment. Come together. It's an opportunity for response. Response is important. God teaches us um, from his word by his spirit and our responsibility is not only to listen but also to respond. So to ignore or to delay is in a sense being disobedient to what he's calling us to do. And so in these few moments, you know, I know it's it's difficult, you're you're hungry, it's 2 minutes till till noon and it's Mother's Day and the Methodists have got a head start, and we're ready to go. Um, don't check out. Listen to God. Just seek Him. Respond. If you need to step into trust and say, God, I want to be beautiful in you, and today I just want to trust you as Savior. Today, if you're struggling a long way and saying, God, I don't see much beauty happening in my life, and I'm, I'm frustrated, well, just help Him. Ask Him to help you have patience and endurance to trust. And if you're tempted to chase other things and go in other directions, help him say, God, I need you to help me want what's eternal and what's valuable and to lay down what's worthless and trust him to do it. Will you stand up with me as we sing and as God speaks through your response?
we have a, a family this morning that on Mother's Day wanted to have opportunity just to, to pray and to dedicate their, their daughter to the Lord. And, and this is Mrs. Rose's son, and so this is, um, yeah. oh my gosh, you are so cute. What's her name? Amaya. Oh my goodness, Amaya. And um, and so they wanted to have opportunity. Y'all can come over here more. We'll see. And um, just to, to pray and to dedicate um, Amaya to the Lord. And, the, and so we want to honor um, their request and honor the Lord. And we want to pray for you, okay? Does that sound good? Can I pray for you? Can I hold your finger? If I can put it in my mouth, you can hold it. Okay, well, maybe I'll, I'll just... I'll save it. You can try your finger. How about that? <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's pray. And so, um, and what's your name? I'll start from Okay. All right. Well, Lord, we do thank you for this privilege. And we just thank you that you have, have brought um, Amaya into the world. And you've given her parents that want to dedicate her to you. And Lord, we, we know that, um, that you create everyone with a purpose. And Lord, that You've created this beautiful life with a plan and with a purpose. And so at the request of the parents with their, their desire, we, we join with them in, in this dedication of this of, of Amaya to you. Lord, asking that in the days ahead you would give her mom and her dad wisdom in how to raise her, that she would have wonderful encounters with who you are. And I just pray that, that the beauty of faith would be passed down from, from grandmother to mother to to daughter, and then to her children as well. And that as she grows and to learn more about Jesus and grows in her faith, that one day her children will rise up and call her her blessed. Lord, I pray for protection from the enemy that comes to steal and kill and destroy. And Lord, I thank you that as they've committed this child to you, that Lord, as she learns about you and, and one day comes to trust in you in faith, Lord, that you will just grow her up in be a beautiful woman, a mighty woman of God. So we thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're going to do. We trust you to do it. We pray blessings in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Wow. Tomorrow you can come too. I don't want you hanging over there. No. So we're we're traveling tomorrow, and um, and um, Deborah's going to be changing her her medication that she's been taking for leukemia. And other than a long laundry list of what might happen from the pharmacist, we really don't know a lot of what to expect. But we we would like to ask you as just our our church family to. To pray for us today and to be in prayer for Deborah during the next several days um, as we um, as we walk through this, trusting that what God has is is good, but also just asking for you know His plans to to not be thwarted by by the by the enemy. And so um, I don't know. I don't I don't do this very often, so it's really kind of weird. I don't mind praying for other people, but asking for prayer for us is kind of strange. But but if y'all want to come up here and gather around and shake hands and Michelle, you have a microphone. Um, would you mind voicing a prayer? <laughs> that would be wonderful. I try not to cry. 
Father, we just come before you. And you are holy, and you are righteous, and you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Lord, I, first of all, I thank you for the shed blood of Jesus Christ that allows us to come to the throne where there is mercy and there is grace. And Lord, we thank you for this family. And Lord, as Deborah goes for treatment and a change of medication, and I'm sure there is a, a list as long as my arm and probably my leg and my other leg and the other arm of things that could happen or go wrong or whatever. But Lord, we're not receiving that report. We're receiving what you say. And Lord, your word says that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but you have come that we might have abundant life. And so, Lord, we're coming to your throne for Deborah and for Rusty because they are one in flesh. And we are asking you to do what you've already said and grant abundant life. An abundant life, Lord, that's not a shabby life. That's a glorious life. And Lord, I know that their desire is to give you all glory and all praise as they go. And so, Lord, I know you already have divine appointments for them. And so, Lord, I ask you grant them boldness in their faith, and in their strength, and that the living Lord Jesus and the light of you will shine wherever they go. And Lord, that when they come, they will give us a glorious report of what you have done. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, amen and amen. You guys are, and ladies are finding your places. Let me just um, invite the rest of you to go ahead and stand up with us. I want to thank you for being um, here this morning. I hope that you enjoy the rest of your Mother's Day and that you honor um, your your wives and your mothers in a special way. Don't do like I heard on the radio station. Um, one of the guys, they were two guys were talking back and forth, and he just said, um, they asked him, you know, what does Mother's Day mean in your house? And he said, well, it means that my wife doesn't have to do do laundry and the follow-up question was well why is that and he started to say well because she usually does it on saturday and and so but he backed up very quickly and he said well that that means we're going to get all the laundry done on on saturday so that she doesn't have to do any on on sunday and so uh, hopefully um you'll get a day of honoring and rest and it won't be because you were so diligent and got everything done on saturday so you wouldn't have to do everything hopefully it's because you got some help around the house then um, if not, hopefully things will be better in the future. But Lord bless you. Um, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good for you to join us. Enjoy the beauty of the day and the time with family. We're going to sing. And um, when we start singing, you're free to go. The Lord bless you. Amen.